grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Pastor spoke these words not long ago at a funeral held here in faith. These words, when they're spoken, they remind us of our frailty. We're mortal. Where our days here on earth are numbered. Later on in that same day, when we had the committal service, Pastor took dirt from the ground, he placed it on top of the casket, and he formed it in the sign of the cross, committing the body to the Lord. Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That same day, Pastor and I reflected on the funeral, and he brought up an interesting point. Of all times, it's at funerals that you can quickly identify what someone's passion is. What someone's passion is by what they're willing to splurge on. You see, these are things that people are willing to go out of their way for. Spend countless hours as well as money and time on. Perhaps it could be jewelry. Perhaps it could be fixing cars, maybe working on specific crafts, maybe even decking out a man cave in the basement of the house. You see, at funerals, we gravitate towards these things, these tangible things, because they remind us of our loved ones and the passions that they had. And so it's at funerals that these things come up in conversations among loved ones. They come up in the photos that are shared and exchanged. Perhaps some of the, even, the, even the objects are brought and put on display at the funeral. After making this observation to me that pastor then turned the question towards me. Vicar, I'm curious, what do you splurge on? Everyone splurges on something. Well, I'll admit that I was caught by surprise when he asked me this question. And thinking about it at the time, I thought that I may be an exception. I feel like a rather minimalistic individual myself. And yet, when I brought it up to my family, my family quickly said the opposite. Oh, Vicar, oh, Chase, your splurge item is easy. You love to travel, to hit the nail on the head. You see, that is my splurge item. In fact, if you go to my office and you peer through the door, you'll find a number of coffee mugs hanging on my wall. Coffee mugs from Starbucks. Each mug has a different city name on it. Whenever I travel to a new city, I go out of my way to find one of these mugs. And then I'll bring it back so that when I'm back home, I can think of my travels whenever I look at it. So I guess I wasn't an exception after all. I do have a splurge. And I would guess that you aren't an exception either. You likely have a splurge. And if you don't know what yours is, I challenge you to ask a family member or a loved one. See what they have to say. Perhaps you'll find something about yourself as 
I found something about myself when my family took a look from the outside. Everyone is passionate about something. We're willing to splurge on it. We're willing to spend countless money as well as time. This is exactly what Jesus in the gospel calls a treasure. We put a lot of value in these things. We treasure them up. And yet, as Jesus tells us in the gospel, as he warns us, most of those treasures are hollow. They're empty, worthless. If you've watched the NBC TV show, Deal or No Deal, you're probably familiar with this concept. A contestant begins by choosing one of 26 briefcases. Each case contains, or each case on the outside looks identical. And yet, on the inside, one, can, one case, while well, can, can contain one cent, another case can contain one million dollars. The content within is completely different. Throughout the game, the contestant eliminates the other briefcases. And when there is only one briefcase left, he's made it to the end. And it's then that he can decide whether or not to keep the first briefcase that he chose or swap it with that last remaining briefcase of the 25. But how can he know which of the two contains the $1 million? On the outside, they look identical. To make the things a little bit more complicated, there's also a banker in the midst. The banker wants nothing more than for that contestant to not walk away with his $1 million. And so throughout the game, he tries to offer the contestant multiple times money in order to quit. The, the banker will hand him a wad of cash, but yet, it's not, um, even though it's not quite $1 million, it's tempting nonetheless. Jesus is giving us a similar image in our gospel today. He warns us of those treasures, those splurges that look an awful lot like those briefcases. On the outside, they look great. They're nice, big briefcases that look like they can hold a lot of cash, a lot of value inside of them. But those treasures that we hold in our heart, when we peer inside of them, they're empty, worthless even worse than the briefcase with just one cent. So how can we identify which of those treasures that we have in our lives are really hollow? Jesus gives us the answer in verse 19 of our gospel. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. In other words, all earthly treasures are hollow. All earthly treasures are those empty briefcases. They're worthless. Because at some point, they're going to come to an end. A few minutes ago, Pastor and I offered the imposition of ashes. Much like Pastor does at funerals, we spread out those ashes in the form of a cross. This practice 
almost brings us into the future. It's as if we're standing around watching our own funeral take place. We don't like to admit it, but like it or not, we know that every earthly treasure that we have will count as not at our death. There's no benefit to it. I can't go over and take the cups from my office and bring them along with me to the grave. We can't fit our jewelry collection. We can't fit the cars that we've worked on or the man caves that we prize so much in the coffin with us. All earthly treasure is vain. It's worthless and useless. And so we repeat again, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That ashen cross is a reminder of that simple fact. And yet, it's also a reminder of the one treasure that does last. A treasure that was given to you when Pastor made the sign of the cross over both your forehead and your heart, not with ashes, but with water. It reminds you of your baptism. You see, when you were baptized, you received a treasure. A treasure not filled with your own righteousness. Your own righteousness can't get you there. But a treasure filled with Christ's righteousness. This is what St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, our epistle for today, verse 21. For our sake, he, the Father, made the Son to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is what Luther calls the great exchange. It's as if Jesus, while watching us play the game of deal or no deal, sees us snatch up the briefcase, but knows that the suitcase or the briefcase that we snatched up is the wrong one. He knows it's the wrong one because taking a look at our sin, we know that we can't help but take the briefcase that contains not only emptiness, but divine wrath, which we all deserve. Seeing us snatch up that case, Jesus quickly walks over. He places his own suitcase in our hands. The case that's so thick that the treasure is starting to come out of it, and the case can itself shut properly. And all that treasure is his own. It's his own righteousness, his own righteous life and perfect obedience to God and his laws. It's a life that not only looks good from the outside, but it has integrity. You get what it looks like, or what, it, what you see is what you get. Pardon me there. And in its place, Jesus takes that case that you had, the case full of divine wrath, and he paid for it by dying on the cross. Punishment for you as well as all humans. Well, you and I were busy setting our focus on the earthly treasures. God set his heart toward you. He redeemed you. And when pastor marks the sign of the cross over your forehead, 
you are reminded that the gift of Jesus is already yours because you have faith by the work of the Holy Spirit. So the question now becomes, what do we do with all of those earthly treasures? What do I do with the coffee cups over in my office? What do you do with your jewelry, the cars, even that man cave in the basement? And the answer is simple. Verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, the answer is a matter of the heart. Are your earthly treasures bringing you to Jesus? Are they strengthening your faith? Or are they replacing Jesus? Do you, feel, do you view them as being gifts from God, giving thanks for them? Or have they become distractions? Are they even a God in and of themselves in your eyes? You see, the answer is simple, but I never said that it was easy. Especially when we were reflecting on our lives, if we find that those treasures are becoming distractions, or if they are becoming a God in and of themselves, because this demands change. This, this means giving up those earthly things that we treasure so deep in our hearts. This is also why some of us during this Lenten season will choose to give up some of those things that we love so dearly, those earthly treasures, in order to remind us that we have an even greater, a heavenly treasure. It isn't easy, and yet it gets even more complicated, so to say, when we factor in the equation of the devil that banker who wants to keep us from walking away with that one lasting treasure. He begins to tempt us. He wants to make those earthly treasures appear so good in our eyes that we'll mistake those earthly treasures for the one real treasure that Christ has given us. The answer is simple, and yet it's hard. And it's our focus, our practice, our prayer throughout this Lent that no earthly treasure would keep us from the heavenly treasure that Christ freely gives. We know that when the bells toll and past your places, that sign of the cross over our foreheads one last time, only the treasure of Christ will raise us from the dead. I'd like to close with pastor's own words at the committal. Um, may these be our prayer as well as meditation this Lenten season. We now commit our bodies to the resting place, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, who will change our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subdue all things to himself. Now, may God the Father, 
who created this body. May God the Son, who by his blood redeemed this body. And may God the Holy Spirit, who by holy baptism sanctified this body to be his temple, keep these remains to the day of the resurrection of all flesh. Amen.